Okay, everybody, welcome to Season 6, Episode 3 of the Bolt from the Blue podcast. This time we're up against Newcastle last night, and uh, the much-lauded Newcastle, very highly fancied Newcastle by all the scribes. They obviously did uh, reasonably well last season, got in the Champions League places. But uh, to be honest, guys, we'll talk about the lineups in a minute, but I'm looking through their lineup, and um, I'm not that really impressed. So they must work very, very well as a team. But anyway, we'll get on to that. Well, let's first welcome our guest. First of all, we have the horizontal Mr. Ray Bubbles. Vertically challenged. How you doing, Mike? <laughs> How, how's Northern yeah. Ireland treating you? Oh, it's lovely. It's lovely oh, to be away from the hot humidity of Korea and into the lovely, temperate, rainy Northern Ireland. It's great. Absolutely. Guys, we've also got Mr. Bernard Deneen here. Bernard, how are you? I'm fine, yeah. You've gone from the horizontal ray to the laid-back Bernard. So, yeah, I'm all, I'm all good, mate. Uh, bit, I was going to say I'd be a bit disappointed we lost the World Cup today, but I wasn't that bothered in the first place, so I'd be lying if I said that. <laughs> might, as well, might as well change your name to Prince William. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we're going to get on and talk about this game, and uh, following our new approach, we're not going to go through it minute by minute. We'll try to keep this nice and Nice and compact, as usual, from the start of this season. But before we get into this, I just want to update some followers about transfer activity. Ray, let's start off with you. Lucas Paqueta to City from West Ham is dead, apparently. Can you explain why? <laughs> oh, dear me. Uh, yeah, it looked like it was all uh, going to be going to happen to around eighty million pounds, and then it just kind of stuttered, and then suddenly City were, City had pulled out. Uh, you can make your own jokes there. City have pulled out of this because, well, originally one of the reasons from one of the in the knows was West Ham were asking for £85 million plus Cole Palmer, which sounded a bit odd. How can they do that at the last minute? Got a feeling that in the know wasn't really an in the know because very soon afterwards it was revealed that Lucas Pacata was being investigated for betting breaches. Now, What's transpired is, once you wait a little while to get some more information, it appears some people close to him opened betting accounts with Betway, who happened to be West Ham sponsors. This is how poorly executed this this is. Shockingly poor. So they opened an account with Betway, put the maximum money they could into their account, okay, and then they all bet on him to get a yellow card. Not only did they do that, because, hey, that only gets you so much money, they had a double. So they had the winnings riding on a player in Spain to get a yellow card, who I think got a yellow card in the 89th minute. Very dodgy. And at the time, actually, uh, now you see some um, stuff did, on did social Piquet, Did Piquetta get a yellow then? Well, he got a yellow card for yeah. nothing. You know, someone had said, uh, someone had actually at the time put a video up and said, this guy's had three yellow cards all season. He fouled a player who was running into nowhere, basically, running to three West Ham players. Why? Why would you do that? And he said, and that person said, basically, have a look at this. I think somebody else had said as well, an Arsenal fan had said, the betting for Bakatar getting a yellow card before the game was odds on. He said, how can this be? And it's just because the weight of money had made the bookies scared, cautious, and they put it as odds on so that they didn't want anyone to back it because they knew something was up. Not just the FA are looking into this, FIFA are looking into this as well. Now, he says he's innocent. It was other people doing it. It's other people that he's given the information to. He's not done their betting himself, but they've done it now. The thing is, on a side issue, that Ivan Tony got banned for, what, was it six months? It's a long time. He got suspended, and he was betting on him. On himself, he's better than his own team. This is um, this is a criminal 
spot fixing, which is what this is, is a criminal offence. The three Pakistani cricketers went to jail for it. Matt Letitia should have gone to jail for his failed spot fixing, in my opinion. Uh, this guy could be looking at some serious jail time, one to two years. Now, he might get off in half the time for good behaviour. But it concerns me that, it, I mean, we could, hopefully we will find out, when did he know he was being investigated and his agent? No. When did West Ham know? Were they dealing with this in bad faith? I mean, part of me thinks it serves West Ham right. Two weeks ago, City offered £70 million for Pakistan. West Ham said, no, they want more money. Maybe if they'd done the deal with City very quickly, he'd be a City player and it'd be a City problem. And they could hold their hands up and say, hey, we didn't know about it. Hey, get greedy, get stung. Well, guys, um, that seems to be that. And, and of course, the reason that people were concerned about that is because the latest information is that uh, Kevin De Bruyne be out for four months. And in fact, one publication, uh, the BBC, says uh, four to six months. So it's quite frightening, really. And uh, this concerns us because of the lack of creativity that we evidenced in the last couple of games. And certainly in the first half here, uh, at least until the goal against Newcastle, it was giving us cause for concern again. Anyway, just a couple of points just before we start. And that is, it's all gone quiet on uh, Doku, who was uh, the purported uh, right winger. It seems that our new right, right winger is Kyle Walker, judging on last night's game. And uh, well, also, uh, what we've what we've also got coming up is a guy called Valentin Barco, uh, and he is supposed to be uh, the replacement for Laporte. You can read a, bit, a little bit about that later. Don't know um, how serious that is, but uh, that's the that's the the new name being linked to us, Valentin Barco. Anyway, sorry, Mike. There's a new fellow being linked to us. Words. Another one too. Yeah, I mean, someone's been was asking me last week to have a look at this fella. I think he's 20 years old. Florian Wurtz, he's, uh, is it Bayer Leverkusen? Ah, uh, yeah. And uh, it's coming from an Italian journalist um, who I'd never heard of. But that, that's it. That's an interesting one. He looks all right. But yeah, uh, we used to say Joe looks all right on a YouTube video. So you don't know until you've you know watched a little bit more of, uh, let's say, t- uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Buyer beware, guys. Buyer beware. Anyway, Bernard, were you at the game? Yes. Yes, mate. I was uh, I was there. Very excellent atmosphere. Uh, yeah, great. great. Um, apparently, they put on a bit of a, a bit of a show for you, Bernard. Uh, yeah, Fireworks and all. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't know how long it took to sew that banner together in someone's front room. Um, I'll be, you know, that Travel King's banner. <laughs> might, have took a, might have took a few hours. I bet that my uh, Jerry Gow eats a cockerel and three shreddy wheat effort from 1981, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, it, it was nice. It was nice. There's a lot of joy around the place. A lot of, um, a little bit of trouble, because everyone had a few, I've been on the beers all day, of course. All the lads have been on the lash, so there's a little bit of, Tries trying to sneak through the turnstiles to get in to watch the treble champions and getting stopped by stewards and big at the the A team stewards were coming out the big big ball guys who look like nightclub bouncers and escorting them to the entrance and handing them over to the police who were waiting outside so yeah it was uh, good fun all all round <laughs> not and uh, I thought the Newcastle fans were all right before the game what happened after I don't have much to do with it I don't go their way but uh, yeah, yeah a good day a good. There's a lot. There's a lot of love around at the moment um, after last season. Yeah, got 
all the trophies on 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 display. Not not the Super Cup, but all the rest. So why didn't you have the Super Cup? Any idea? I, I think it's maybe just they they were only displaying the cups that were um, English well, league related. The Super Cup live. I mean, I've seen the others live, but I've not seen. So why the hell didn't they want the Super Cup out there? That's what I want to know. No, I'll Indeed. send you one on Amazon. Don't worry. Don't worry, Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got to see the lovely uh, Tommy Booth and Mike Summerby and Joe Corrigan. They were the three that brought them out. I guess they wanted to do like one trophy for each legend. That's possibably one reason. <laughs> yeah, well, some right, have... fourth. I'm sure we could have got uh, someone from so I mean Andy, Andy Morrison was there. I saw him. So he's uh, Yeah, yeah. He's Andy and his new out. teeth, it looks like he's got these the uh, these beautiful uh, I don't think cap, but certainly bleached white teeth that kind of like shine out from the rest of his tanned face. So uh, that was nice. I was checking out, guys. Um, I was literally, I was literally about five yards from Andy. I could have should have gone up and said hello, but he was t- chatting to someone. I'm, I'm not. I don't do these sort of things, so so I didn't. He was he was near the new uh, Summerby Bar, which is literally a porter cabin uh, with about mm-hmm. four beers, pumping beers. Was that Sorry, I missed the name. Andy Morrison, Mozart. Oh, Andy Morrison. Okay. Yeah, so he was mm-hmm. there. So I could have said, it, but I'm not that sort of person. I don't really, I don't really push myself. I should have asked him to buy you a pint. I've done about three selfies, and I know Mike does that sort of thing, but I don't. I just don't do it. I don't know why. Mike would have asked him for a pint. Asked him for a free pint. I just say the actual, yeah. The actual new city square, if you like, the new Summerby's bar is a bit pathetic. And you literally, it's near the Vinnie Company statue. And you literally just get your beer. Away fans can get beer from there as well, which they probably couldn't do, could they, in the old Summerby bar, I don't think. Uh, yeah. And you can you just you just go and stand somewhere and put your pipe pot on near the statue and stuff like that. It's very poorly. I, I thought they might have made a bit more effort, seeing as it's obviously got, not going to be a few game thing. It's going to be for a while, but... Uh, I thought that was very, very disappointing. Yeah, you had uh, this video uh, released yesterday of Natalie Pike explaining all the differences that they could look forward to when they come came back to the edge he had for this one. Are Apparently, they were like them. Um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, apparently everything's signposted in such a way as when you get off the metro and get off the train and get out, get out of the your car in the car park. You're directed everywhere. You don't even have to take a f- more than a few steps before a sign pops up telling you where you should go. But I'll have to check this out for myself. Anyway, so guys, let's take a, let's take a look at the lineups. We'll go to Bernard. I'll just run th- run them through and uh, let Bernard uh, uh, fly free with his thoughts. Uh, Ederson, Walker, Akanji, Diaz, Gvardiola, Rodri, Kovacic, Foden, Alvarez, Grealish, and Holland substitutes, as you'd expect. Uh, the only strange one in there is Ake. I suppose he's not used to sitting on the bench too much. Phillips, Ake, Ortega, Sergio Gomez, Peroni, Oscar Bob, uh, Palmer, Cole Palmer, Rico Lewis, and James McAtee. Pretty much every one of those, with the exception of Ake, you would expect uh, to be on that bench. But let's go over to Bernard and have his thoughts. Yeah, I mean, we, we chatted earlier, me and Ray, and obviously uh, I was unaware of Bernardo and Stones in my, my 11, so obviously that's... Uh, sort of made it, I, I got eight right, and the other one of course was Aki, because I thought we, we sort of agreed that Aki was unusual, but we sort of thought he may still be carrying after that, carrying a little knock or something, and might not have been quite right, so uh, yeah, but I think there's only two changes, wasn't there, to the Super Cup mm-hmm. team, and obviously uh, it, it was about right, and if you look at that bench, uh, I think we got to about 110 million or something with Ray early on. There's not a lot of money on it and not a lot of experience if we needed to chase the game later on uh, to come on either. 
Absolutely, Ray. And, uh, you know, obviously, um, commentators were making much of the fact that we'd only played a couple of days before. And, of course, we were shorn of our magic men in KDB and uh, Bernardo Silva and that this was going to be hard work. Um, it, we will talk about how how much hard work it was. But uh, what were you, were you, uh, do you have any thoughts on that lineup? It was uh, pretty much as expected. We, we don't have many choices, as you can see by the, the, the names on the subs bench. Uh, Laporte's gone off to Al Nasser. That was rumoured for 30 million euros. Um, Cancelo's been frozen out before he moves off to Barcelona, probably on loan. And with the injuries we've got and the players that have left, there's no one left. It's just mm-hmm. like you know, Manchester City or Pep's choice. Pep is now old Mother Hubbard because he's looked in the cupboard and the cupboard is bare. There's nobody left. You know, um, we're hoping um, uh, uh, that Stones will be fit again in, within a week. He should have been, he was supposed to be fit for this game, but we don't know. Bernardo, he was supposed to be fit for this game, but he's not. So, you don't think point. there's anything more untoward with Bernardo, mate? Do you? Oh, he's leaving, mate. He's, he's going. He's going PSG. No, no, <laughs> I don't think. I don't think so. Bernard, Bernardo staying. Uh, he's told me himself. Uh, no, kidding. <laughs> um, but but we, we we are we are threadbare. We really are. There's nobody left. Um, you know, we do need a couple of like Bernard and I chatted earlier. We need a, a couple of bodies through the door. We need players to come back from injury. But having said that, even if they all come back, I mean, KDB's not coming back till the end of the year. Okay, we've got Stones and Bernardo to come back. That's it. It's not going to make us much uh, much stronger. It'll make us stronger, but not. You know, our bench is still going to look weak. Um, I've got a feeling that a lot some of these kids will be staying, and I want them all to stay. But I also want a couple more senior players um, uh, to be part of the squad because you know you just need one one or two injuries, and you 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 you're crying again. If Foden got, gets injured, who's playing attacking midfield? Mm-hmm. You know. Am I right in thinking we've only got like 10 more days to get any business done? Is that right? 11, I think. 11 days. Okay. 11. All right. Um, Bernard, let me just take a look at this Newcastle United side because if I just uh, read out their 11, I'm just wondering um, why they're so heavily, you know, uh, credited and, and praised. Well, let's go through. So we get Pope, decent enough goalkeeper, Trippier. Slightly overhyped. Uh, Fabian Sharp played well last night, actually. Botman, Dan Byrne, journeyman. Tonali um, could could work could become something in the Premier League. He's obviously got a good pedigree. Uh, Gimaris, nothing special there. Joe Linton um, used to be a striker converted by Eddie Howe into a into a kind of a attacking midfielder. He went off injured. Almiron, uh, Isak doesn't impress me in the slightest, and. Gordon, I think, kind of like a, a buzzing little fly up the left-hand side. Uh, but still, they didn't really trouble Ederson that much. I mean, what is it? What what are their strengths, Bernard, exactly? Eddie Howe. I think Eddie Howe's yeah. their strength. I, I think last season he he's took a, a set of players there and he's, he's overperformed with what he's got. And you can only put that down consistent. All right, they probably drew far too many games last season, but at least he didn't get beat. Uh, Eddie, Eddie Howe has been the difference, I think, he, the way he's got them organised. As I say, that we saw it last night, they're organised. He matched us for 
uh, work. He, he could change legs. He didn't worry about bringing substitutes on. He had ex he had guys on the bench that could, just as good. I'm not saying they're as good as our guys to, to replace, but he had other guys he could bring into that system. Uh, he, he's not relying on certain players. He, he plays plays as a system. I think that's the difference. I think that, I think Eddie mm-hmm. Howe. Uh, I had a joke with a Geordie fan yesterday who just approached me and started chatting for no reason whatsoever. I've got that sort of face, obviously. And uh, I was saying, of course, in a couple of years' time, we'll, we'll be taking Eddie off you, just jokingly, you know, and he sort of laughed. And um, fortunately, my lad turned up and we got away quick. But, uh, you know, that's that's it. That's the difference for me. As I say, on, on paper, them players, I've, I wouldn't be frightened to death. I mean, once old Maximum went, went, for me, that was the end of Newcastle as far as me being scared of them because he's the only guy who used to scare me. But uh, no, Eddie Howe, mate, I think that's your simple answer, whether Ray agrees with that. I mean, that's, that's my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, we've got like a, a couple of decent players that could come off the bench for them, like Callum Wilson and uh, Harvey Barnes. Uh, they're guys that are good on their day, I suppose. But um, for all the hype around them and, and what they can do this season and how much of a threat they can pose to City. I'm just very sceptical about that. I don't see where the goals are coming from. But anyway, let's get into this. And uh, the way we're doing this is just to uh, uh, ask the guys just to give their overall impression of the first half, just the first half, um, maybe up until the goal. We can talk about that a little bit more. But uh, let's go for Ray. First half for you, Ray. What were your observations? What were your thoughts? What were your feelings? Well, um, Newcastle didn't do as much as I thought they'd do. I thought the way they dismantled Aston Villa last week, and I have Aston Villa uh, as dark horses to get into the top four because of the way they played last season under Unai Emery. The way they dismantled Villa, I thought they're going to create a lot against us. You know, a lot of City fans were a little bit concerned before the game. Um, and I think overall in the first, first half, uh, we... We generally, after the first couple of minutes, had control of, of the game. You know, they, they pressed us and we got around the press. I, I was very impressed with the, the way we did that. You know, um, the defenders, Edison, everybody played really well. There was, a, I think, probably one or two dodgy moments when Edison passes it out. When he pings it out to somebody, it's too hard for them to control it. The, you know, I thought Maras was with us for six years Surely they should have had some Mares masterclasses at how to control a ball at any speed, at any height, or whatever, any distance. Um, so I, I thought I thought we, we we started reasonably well. You know, at times we're, we we did occasionally you give the ball away. You're a bit slow at times, but I think the one thing I I felt, and it's all your feeling, that we moved the ball quicker than we did in our last two games. We were just that little bit quicker as in moving that ball around, and and that is what I think causes teams the most problems against us because they're reactive. So we've done a short, uh, quick, short pass. Some players moving and the ball's already moved on. It's one touch pass and the guy's just spinning around looking for where, where it's gone. So that kind of play I really enjoy and I think it, it will bring us uh, a lot of success this season. Well, Bernard, I mean, I don't know about you, but personally up until the goal, I thought neither of these teams are going to score in a week. Nothing um, <laughs> around there. You know what? What was your what were your um, your observations and comments about the first half? 
Yeah, I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree basically what you just said because my match report, um, I didn't start till minute 31, <laughs> which was <laughs> when we scored the goal. So, yeah, I mean, the, the first part of the game, we were sort of looking at where was the inspiration, where was the... I expected Newcastle to come flying at us, which is... Uh, I think they did that last year at the Etihad. They didn't do that. They played a more composed game, uh, good press, as Ray said there. But I thought City played very, very well. We weren't creating much, but uh, as Ray said, we were pinging it about a little bit. I think Edison yesterday was one of his best games for distribution I've seen for a while. Uh, Newcastle pressed him a couple of times, but they were sort of pressing the other defenders, but leaving Ed Ed Edison to find uh, outlets. And, and that's what he did very, very well for most of the game. But yeah, I'd, I'd agree. And what you summed up there, apart from the goal, which we're going to talk about, um, and a late a late penalty appeal in the half for, for Newcastle, it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't that much going on. Mm -hmm. Let's talk, Ray, about the goal then. It was the first piece of genuine you know, excitement for us. Other, other, otherwise, it was a bit of a cure for in, insomnia that particular uh, first half an hour. But any, let's talk about the goal a little bit, uh, Ray. What are your memories of it? What do you think of it? Uh, well, Phil Phil Forden. I think we'll mention his name a few times tonight. Phil Forden got the ball. He, he took it uh, uh, very nicely in his stride. He he went forward and he did one of these no look passes. So. Um, Foden's got a disability, as has KDB, is to he he surveys the horizon. He sees what's going on before the ball arrives. He knows where everybody is, and he's already got a picture in his mind as to what he wants to do. So he kind of drove out wideish, uh, or he was going out on the diagonal, and I think he took two Newcastle players with him, and then suddenly he passed it inside. He didn't look, so they had no idea what was going on. And there was Julian Alvarez, totally unmarked in the box. And he leathered it. He leathered it straight away from about 18 yards. Uh, uh, Nick Pope uh, got his fingertips to it, but it was past him before he could really do anything. I mean, he couldn't have saved that. You could have put the real Pope in. He won't have saved it either. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was... <laughs> There'll be no hand of God, even with the real Pope. No, it was, he, but it was, a, it was a slam shot from Alvarez. I mean, I can't believe Newcastle afforded him that much space and time in their box. Uh, he just kind of drifted in there. And it, he had his hands up, for, I think, for a little while, waiting for Foden to, to, to pass to him. And uh, it, was, uh, it, it was a beautiful goal. Great play from Foden and a stunning finish from Alvarez. Mm -hmm. uh, what, are you, what were your thoughts on that one, Bernard? Yeah, I mean, just quoting from the, um, obviously, the... The Bible, if you like, uh, the sun on Sunday. Um, their big headline was uh, that was Popeless. Uh, Alvarez and Pep given help by Nick Goldgaff. I mean, so obviously it was nothing to do with Alvarez's stunning strike or the build-up. It was all Mr. Pope's fault. And as a, as a guy in the keepers' union, as I am, yeah, he's a big lad. Perhaps he can't get off the ground, perhaps as good as some of the smaller keepers, but... I'm not going to put too much blame on Pope for that. I thought Alvarez's was superb. Yeah, perhaps his positioning might have been a yard or two out. I'm not too sure. There's a, I don't think Mr Pope did too much wrong. It was just a fantastically uh, taken goal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, let's uh, just do a little bit of um, individual player focus. Um, it seems, uh, Ray, the drought continues and it continued... Uh, not only in the, it started, uh, of course, in the first half, continued into the second. Uh, Mr. Holland. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say I, 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 
Well, we'll, we'll come to him, but uh, we'll start with Haaland, Ray. Um, is it a question of he's gone right off the boil or is it that he just can't, they can't find him? Well, they found him plenty, mate. There's no question about that. Phil Fallen had seven, um, what was it? What would you call them, uh, Bernard? Seven? Um... Well, they're not assists, but created seven, seven chances. chances. Okay. There was at least three that he put Haaland through during the game. And Harlan fluffed them each and every one. Uh, you know, he he, he miss he mishit them, he scuffed them. I think there was another two that he put him through, and he couldn't take the ball in his stride. He just he just balls it up. So yeah, yeah. Look, he's there to score goals. He doesn't do much else. So he better be bloody scoring goals. Um, he had plenty of chances, and actually, he didn't give Forden's performance the credit it deserved. And what I mean by that is. Forden should have walked off that pitch with four, possibly even five assists. That would probably be the record for assists in a game in the Premier League. Uh, because besides the average assist, Haaland should have got a, at least three goals for me, at least. Um, and he, I don't know why he's snatching at them. Uh, at least work the keeper as well. I mean, he wasn't yeah. even working the keeper. Yeah, they were, they were, they were horrible shots. Um, the thing is, so he is hit and miss. And I think we have to take, take it. You know, last week he was hit two good goals. Well, actually, one really, really good goal. The second one, uh, Burnley one game. Sorry, storming goal, two goals, brilliant. This week, not so good. Next week, he might be good again. He might have a purple patch. He'll have two or three good games, and then he'll drop off. Obviously, the slight worry is he dropped off at the end of last season. Um, he's never suffered a drought like it. So, hopefully, sorry. Uh, Oh, that's Mr. Harlan calling to complain about having <laughs> Go away, Erling. Okay. Um, but no, um, he's, he's we're relying on him. And look, we won the game, but it's one of my pet peeves is we're not clinical enough. And if we hadn't scored that goal and we ended up nil nil, we'd have been kicking ourselves because that's how you basically that's how you drop points. We should have scored. Uh, Harlan should have scored at least a, for me. I'm, I'm sticking to that a hat trick. And I was disappointed, but hey, he'll come good next week. Okay, Burden, um, is there anything else that we'd like to say about the first half? Now, there were 14 minutes, I think, or so, um, plus a, a little bit of uh, added on time in that first half. Anything to talk about? I'm scratching my head. Yeah, I mean, I did, I did touch on it before. Uh, Kanji has a habit of sort of getting like shoulder charges in, but the sort of become barges he's not quite he doesn't quite tell it well, he probably times are right because he's doing it deliberately but uh on the 41 minutes he of, of course Shah went down under a shoulder charge from a kanji and he did look a bit sheepish about it we got away with it no problem there but he does have this tendency to do this a kanji i say he's had a, he had a great season last season but he can sort of mistime his shoulder charge where he's almost nudging the back. So we got away with it. No big problem. But that was about it, really. There wasn't, uh, mm -hmm. say, Alan had a, a chance immediately after that, which he fluffed. P-roll and bobbling along. But, uh, yeah, that was about it for the first half. Mm -hmm. You agree, Ray? Should we, uh, apart from the Alvarez goal, should we pretty much con confine uh, that first half um, outside the goal to the... Uh, the dismal, forgettable, forgettable part of your memory. Yeah, just move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, halftime, uh, no substitutions. In fact, um, I don't think there were any substitutions, probably because, as Ray said, who are you going to bring on? Now, the second half, 
Guys, uh, don't want to break it to you if you haven't seen it, but there, were, there, there weren't any more goals. <laughs> uh, is there anything to talk about, Bernard? Uh, well, I think Ray's touched upon it. I mean, there was a, a space of uh, six or seven minutes where uh, Harland had about three chances, all fed through by excellent work from Foden. Uh, that's a positive. That was from the 59th minute onwards. Uh, he had three cracking chances. Uh, Howard obviously had a go at his players at the break because I thought they came out a little bit more combative and a little bit more uh, flying Newcastle for the second half. But again, they didn't they didn't really trouble us too much. I remember a, a, an old case, a shot at Edison that he just literally took to his left and as Edison does, held on to it easily. I mean, it had been that guy who plays for Sevilla, it would have been touched around the post, but uh, Edison's very good at collecting him. But that was it. Uh, midway through the second half, City took charge. Foden took charge, shall we say, uh, as far as the game. He took the, sc- the game by the scruff of the neck. Accepted all the responsibilities you wanted. But it was our new fellow, Josco Gvariol. If you look at the still, I saw, I've just seen a picture of it where three Newcastle players bearing down on our goal and we have one City player looking well out of position, um, about to fall over. And somehow uh, he, he did the business and, uh, you know, he kept our goal intact. I don't know what uh, what Rodri was doing. Do you know what Rodri was doing, Bernard? He got caught. He just got caught, mate. He, he had his back, obviously, he was back towards, looking back towards his keeper. Like, and as he dawdled with his, his ultra speed, of course, uh, the guy nipped in and just poked it poked it onto, uh, I know the players' names, I've got them here somewhere. But, yeah, it was uh, Wilson, wants it, sort of nicked it off him. Uh, Almiron, sorry, and he put Almiron in, that's it, wants it. Wilson put Almiron in, picks up possession. And it was a three-on-one stage, and Wilson can't get past the one, as Ray said, which was Gavardiol, uh, who I think what he did, he sort of waited, and he just, Wilson was just pushed it that inch or two too far, and then he took his chance. He took his chance and stuck his toe in, and obviously that allowed uh, the, the marauding uh, sky blue shirts to get back in numbers, but it was brilliant. It, as I said, it, if, if I hadn't been behind him and saw the number 24, I would have probably thought it was Diaz as well, because it was... Say we, we have said that these two are sort of got come from the same gene pool as far as football is concerned because it's early days, of course, with old Guard Guardiol. But uh, they look they look a carbon copy for each other, and that that can't be bad going forward, can it? Well, Ray, let's uh, go on to uh, uh, what's going to become a regular uh, little uh, part of the BFTV podcast for for the next few weeks, and that is a uh, Croatia watch. All right, so Croatia watch. So you touched on, touched on it with Guardiol, but Guardiol and Kovacic, how are they shaping up for you? What did you think of them? Yeah, as Bernard's, you can't see it, if, uh, listeners, but Bernard's got his thumbs up. Uh, and uh, I think, uh, oh, very happy. You know, Guardiol, okay, he's, he's uh, I think we need to see a bit more from him. Um, but that was a, a decent performance yesterday. Kovacic, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe what we paid for Kovacic. You know um, how good he's been since he's coming. If you paid double, you, 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 you'd have thought you'd stolen him away from Chelsea. So I think we've got a, a bargain. The way people are going at the moment, Romeo Lavia, 58 million quid. He's not allowed even a full season in the Premier League. And you got Kovacic, three times Champions League winner, hopefully fourth time after this season. Um, and he, he looks he looks the business. He looks the business. He can... He, he, he can work well with Rodri, get the ball, pass the ball, short passes, long passes. He can carry the ball. I mean, you know, uh, he's not Yaya Toure, but he, he prob- I'm not sure. Is he the nearest thing we've ever had to, to Yaya? You know, 
controlling that. As I said, short, long passes, he's good at that. He'll get stuck in a bit as well if he needs to, and he can carry the ball, and he can dribble as well. Mm. He's not bad, is he? Yeah, Bernard, a, a, a nice little tool in the toolbox he's got there, which was on display, I think, really, um, possibly for the, maybe not for the first time, but he, he can um, take the ball in a congested situation in the centre of midfield and burst forward. Now, it would be great if he could do it like Yaya and just run through them. Um, he doesn't seem to be able to do that, but he can certainly nip the ball in the centre, off pretty much on the centre circle, and uh, and bomb forward for a good 12 14 yards and lay it off to someone. It's a nice little um, nice little flashback to to Yaya, but not quite at that level, right? But it's a very, very useful thing to have. Yeah, but yeah, I don't, uh, my memory might be fading or, you know, my age, but I, I remember Yaya being brilliant, but I didn't, don't think he, he did it initially. It took time to sort of get that confidence and come in and do it and have, you know, the ability. And we've seen with the, uh, with old uh, Kovacic, that he, he could run with the ball and then end up in a bit of a, a dead end, you know, surrounded by four or five players. So, But obviously, yesterday, he seemed to have progressed uh, immensely from the, the last couple of times we've seen him. And he seems to be uh, settling in very quickly and knowing when to release it and what to do with it. Uh, and of course, it allows players like Rodri, if they have an off day, uh, once you've got players like uh, Kovacic doing what they do, People like Akanji also, who can I'll briefly mention him, who looked awful against Sevilla, but looked tons better yesterday against Newcastle, playing that role that Pep's asking him to play. You got players like this buzzing around uh, Rodri. Rodri can afford to have off days, which he wasn't his greatest day yesterday, because you've got Kovacic and people like Akanji picking up the slack, which is what we need, is what what we want, because we can't rely on all the players firing all the time. Rodri's already told us he's he's, he's going to be. He can't play as much as he did last season. Be far too. Tight. So it gives us that option. Uh, yeah, all right, mate. You can have a rest then because uh, we've got these other guys. So, uh, Ray, um, obviously we we talked about uh, Foden, obviously head over uh, head over heels, uh, and by some distance the man of the match. Any honourable or even dishonourable mentions for the rest of the team? I just want to say what Pep report. What Pep said about Foden. He said uh, Phil can play all the positions in the forward areas. He has incredible ability between the lines. The way he turns and attacks the last line, it was one of the best I ever have ever seen. I think that's his performance. Um, every control, he knows exactly how to attack the goal. He doesn't need two or three touches to be in the right position to attack the goal. The way Newcastle defend, we thought we could find him or Julian in those positions. Kovacic's position was a little bit more forwards, more backwards, sorry, than forwards. Managers adapt to the players they have and problems they have right now. Phil, I know how good he can play in that position as a striker, right winger, left winger. I am happy because I have the feeling he's coming back. Still, we are not in our best and we have to make a step, but it is completely natural. So immense praise for Phil Forden and uh, deservedly so. Um, for me, I'll, I'm going to say this, uh, the one person that for me is letting us down is Jack Grealish. Uh, for me, he doesn't contribute enough. He might do what Pep wants, and that hey, that that's Pep's prerogative. He's a manager; he can pick and choose and do what he wants. But for me, Jack Grealish, um, he gets in one-on-one positions, and he just pretends that he's going to take somebody on, and he doesn't bother. He shimmies this way, shimmies that way, does now, and when he does cross or cut inside to have a shot, um, it's pointless most of the time because. 
you know, he's got someone on him who's going to block it. You can see a mile away that he's going to get blocked, but he still lets go of the ball. He puts crosses in without any due care and attention as to where it's going. He's just happy to hit and hope. I don't want that. I want, you know, we can play better. He should be playing better. And the sooner we get another winger to at least put him under pressure, he needs to be under pressure because right now he's on the left uncontested and it's too easy. He needs to book up his ideas uh, or someone else should take his place. Yeah, my, my my feeling has always been that that's Phil Foden's best position and Bernardo should be filling in in central midfield, but that's just my opinion. How about you, Bernard? Any uh, no, notable or honourable mentions for, for individual players or even dishonourable ones? No, I, I sort of uh, agree mostly with what the Grealish thing. You know, I've always been a, a, a supporter, but, you know, it's, uh, uh, we see this more often. I just want to just credit Pep. He read, received a little bit of criticism. I think it was we were thinking it rather than saying it out loud in the stand uh, that obviously as, as uh, Newcastle brought substitute after substitute, obviously Pep didn't, but I'll stick up for Pep because we've got eight days rest. We don't play till, well, it was eight days, wasn't it, from yesterday. We play on the Sunday. So we've got rest. Uh, did he have any options on the bench to bring on? Uh, perhaps Lewis could have come on and done a job on, on the guys on the bench, uh, Aki, but where would you put him? Uh, perhaps Lewis in his role uh, could have come on, but I think Pep was quite right. Uh, we looked a bit tired. Uh, we got through it, especially, of course, Rodri was uh, probably running on fumes, but uh, as I said, the other guys were picking up the slack on that. So, uh, yeah, any criticism of Pep, which I've seen little bits, um, I think he was fully justified in not making any substitutions. And as a team, uh, we won one nil, and the team deserved to do that. And, and Pep made the right decision. Yeah, yeah. I think this occasion calls for, you know, that special quote, that special famous quote that was once made by a certain famous podcaster, Mike Long, and that is three points. Wait, are you are you ready for this? There's wisdom here. Three <laughs> points. Three points is three points. Uh, modesty and as I well rest as my case. Hey, Mike, modesty <laughs> as well as wisdom. Uh, okay, guys, um, is, before we go into the small section, very short section called AOB, any other business, anything else to say about this game? Or do we lay it to rest? Uh, atmosphere. We, we obviously, I think we, me and Ray touched upon it before. Yeah. I mean, the the atmosphere uh, through the game, not just before it. Obviously, through the game was pretty good. A bit quiet at the start of the second half, but they're still having the pints at the back. You know, these guys have been on the lash all day. Wanted a bit more time uh, after as well. So, uh, considering there was only one goal in the game, uh, this, the City fans are pretty good. Uh, they mainly stayed till the end. We only didn't have a massive extra time, did we? Just just the odd five minutes. Uh, waste time wasting. Mr Pope, of course, you can't ever teach him not to time waste. I think he was the worst of worst culprit last season, wasn't he? And he did. But is it Robert Jones as a referee yesterday? He's, he seems to let him he, he let him get away with a bit. So perhaps he was just adding it on. But at the end of the end of the day, when when we're winning one nil, we don't particularly want too much time added on. So it is rewarding if he is going to add it on, which he probably didn't so much because there's a few substitutions. But you know that's where it falls down. What you don't reward the team who were behind by adding time on because their goalkeeper's wasting time. So this is where this system could fall down. Uh, and Robert Jones hopefully doesn't isn't the same as every other referee. And this this is where I think it should be taken out of the referee's hands anyway. It should be someone else deciding that. Uh, did we, definitely. Mm -hmm. Did we make any substitutions? No, 
No. Why so not? I'm saying, so they made, I think they, they brought six on. Did they bring six on? Five? How can you bring yeah, six four. on? Actually, this before, how can you bring six yeah, on? Yeah, I was just going to say, because I thought it was five, then another one came on, so I thought I must have miscounted. But obviously, if you allow for that, I said to my lad, well, there was a couple of guys down for an injury. Uh, one of our guys went down. I said, five minutes will be maximum, and, and that's what it was. It was fine. But as I said, uh, Pope did his best to to waste as much time. Even when they're losing, you know, they're losing 1-0, he's still wasting time because he can't get it out. That's in his psyche. That's that's what he does. That's what Pope does. He's, he's very frustrating. But even Pope perhaps wasn't as bad as he has been other seasons. So hopefully it's 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 working to that, to that extent and stopping players wasting time. Two more things to do, guys, and then we're done. Number one is your uh, any, any thoughts about uh, the other uh, results that um, that have been uh, posted? And uh, number two is what's next for City. So let's start off with the first one, guys. As you look at the uh, the other results around the league, anything interest you? Anything uh, surprising? Uh, well, obviously Liverpool won, so they, they must be shoo-ins for the title. Um, so Brentford beat Fulham away from home. So, you know, uh, Thomas Frank, the Brentford manager, said uh, he's he, they want to be like uh, what Brighton did last year. Wolves got thumped by Brighton. Uh, Brighton looked good again. Poor old top Man United. The league, aren't they? Top of the league on goal top difference. Of league, top of the league. Uh, poor old uh, Manchester United were <laughs> unjustly uh, beaten by those rotten scandals of uh, Tottenham Hotspur. Quite a big cheer in the South Stand, in the, watching the tellies at the back when uh, uh, those goals Friday night, Nottingham Forest beat Sheffield United. Uh, Sheffield United do look like they're in trouble. And today, well, we're on Sunday, uh, Aston Villa have thumped Everton by four goals to nil. Everton I had for the drop, they're bottom of the table. And currently, it's just coming up to half-time. West Ham won, Chelsea won. Chelsea, uh, Chelsea missed a penalty to go 2-1 yeah. up a few minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. So um, Won by Ra- Raheem Sterling won the penalty. Good lad. I told you he was good. I sh- he should never have gone that, lad. I loved him. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question, Bernard. If Raheem Sterling was still here, who would you play on the left? Raheem Sterling or Jack Grealish? Jack Grealish. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it's like say it's like saying, you know, it's like trying to say who, who do you want to support? You can't support City anymore, you can support Liverpool or United. It's like asking me that, mate. What, what is the point? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we've got those um observations. Now, as uh, I think it was Bernard mentioned uh, earlier, we've got eight days off now and uh, much needed. Perhaps we'll have Bernardo Silva back, uh, maybe even John Stones, who knows. Um, so what's uh, what's next then for City, Bernard, after this um, this longish break? Well, some of, some of us, not me, unfortunately, will be uh, having a little trip up to across, shall we say, to uh, one of my favourite little grounds, uh, Bramall Lane. I've been there a few times. Uh, we play them on, I think it's Sunday, two PM kickoff. Is it Ray? Yeah. That one there. Mm-hmm. So we've got that one, which uh, on in theory. Um, we should be all right, shouldn't we? I assume I assume the players have got a couple of days off now. I'd assume. All things being yeah, right, probably due back Tuesday or Wednesday. Don't you know? Give him a two or three days break. Give Rodri get Rodri's bed out for him so he can have a nice <laughs> uh, rest after his exertions. And yeah, be a, it should be a, it's a good game, but it's a game we should be going and and hopefully Harlan's got his shooting boots on and uh, we should be increasing our goal difference. At Bright Brighton are, are absolutely well ahead of us at the moment by two or three goals. So we, sh- you know, three games in, we've got to. Knock a few against Sheffield United, get that top of the table back. You know, it's been a, been a long time. 
So we need we need that back. So yeah, looking forward. Should be a good game. One of the old classic grounds, Bramall Lane, which was first time I ever visited, was a cricket ground as well. So it only used to have three sides. Which, uh, very unusual walking into that ground in the old in the seventies when when it was a cricket ground. But uh, that's that's all. The, I love it. I love the quirkiness of these old stadiums. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it, guys. That'll do us for now. We'll be back with you after the game that you've just we've just been talking about. We'll stop here. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll finish off in the normal way. Have one on us and up the blues. Up the Super Cup blues.